Welcome to What's the Difference? Stories about lives changed because you made a difference. Brought to you by The Mount Church. Here's your host, Pastor Andrew Segree. Hey, welcome to the fourth episode of What's the Difference? We created this series because we believe that Jesus is still making a difference in people's lives today. So with each and every episode, you're going to hear from everyday people just like you, just like me, and we're going to ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference that Jesus has made in your life? So make sure that you hit that like button or that little bell so that you get notified every single time a new episode drops. So today for the fourth episode of What's the Difference, we are so honored to have on Pastor Chris Davenport. Woo! Pastor Chris, welcome to What's the Difference. Man, thank you for having me. Are there like hand claps? You know, yeah, I made it. <laughs> I'm here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, man, it's so good to have you. Um, you know, some of you guys may remember Pastor Chris from a couple of months ago. Um, our lead pastor here, Todd Gaston, he interviewed you right when quarantine hit, right when everything shut down. Uh, we were able to partner with The Bridge, uh, Pastor Chris's church, partner with The Bridge and give you some resources. I even showed up at your door, um, surprised you while you guys were on that Zoom call yeah. um, and knocked at your door and brought you some flowers for your wife, not for, from me, <laughs> but from our church yeah. uh, to, to your wife as well. Um, so I want to start just by asking you, were you surprised when I showed up at your door? Were you really surprised or was it just for the cameras? No. And, it, and what did it mean for us as a church to kind of come alongside you and partner with you guys right when all this quarantine stuff happened? So when I was uh, meeting with uh, Pastor Todd, we had... Um he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go be on Instagram, and I want to interview through that, through, interview you through that, and ask you some questions. And uh, are you gonna be home?" I was like, "Yeah, like why do I need to be home for you to interview me?" You know, <laughs> and so um, it was it was really cool. I was talking with him, and then all of a sudden, like there's this knock on my door, and so I was surprised, and I got flowers because I didn't give them to Megan. I, I kept them for myself, wow, <laughs> and uh, I gave her all the gift cards though. That's wow. that's what really what she really cared about. But um, <laughs> no, it was it was very uh, surprising, and we were very very thankful for that. The church was beyond thankful for that. Um, I love that churches get to partner with one another, yeah. and, and churches are for churches. Like, I know in you guys' vision, you're for one more, but it seems that you're also for other churches, yeah. too. And um, the Bridge Church is really appreciative of that, yeah. and uh, we're thankful for, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, well, we're excited. We uh, we are for you, um, and of course, you know we are for one more, just like you said. And um, and we we love what God has called you to do, and what He wants to do in you, and then through the bridge as well. Uh, but let's let's back it up for a little bit. You know, let's just take a moment, and you know, how about you kind of officially introduce yourself uh, to our audience, people who will be watching. Man, tell us where you're from, mm -hmm. um, and then even just tell us about your own personal journey with Christ. I mean, what. When do you accept Christ, and what did that look like when you decided to let him be the Lord and leader of your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my name is Chris Davenport, and I get— Well, you have to give your middle name. Oh, yeah. Also, your social security number <laughs> okay. and your home address uh, if you could. 647. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, and I get to be the pastor of the Bridge Church. I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, okay. born and raised there, um, and semi-raised in Marietta, Georgia, too. Uh, so, at the age of two. 
I moved to Marietta, Georgia, and then I started high school again in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so um, grew up there, uh, didn't grow up in church. Um, my junior year of high school, I started going to a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like an eye-opener to me because I, these teachers like poured into me, cared for me, was uh, teaching me about Jesus and the gospel. And I was at chapel one day and I, I heard this message about like, man, Jesus is loving, but Jesus is also just. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, I want some loving, you know, like I want Christ to love me. And and um, and so I, I remember it was uh, December 3rd, 2006 uh, is when I gave my life to Christ and I uh, was baptized on that day. Yeah. And so um, from now, that how, point, how old were you at that point? 16, man, 16. Yeah. So you, like there's a, a a wire that had to change in my life. Like God was transforming me, things that I thought was biblical mm-hmm. that was not biblical and, and things that I thought were okay. I'm, I was saying like, man, this doesn't really please God. Yeah. And so um, God worked in my life at 16 years old and uh, I became passionate for sharing the gospel. And I remember, like, right after I got saved, there's this gas station that's right down the street from our high school that I was always going to faithfully, not knowing that I was building a relationship with people and the clerk and and things like that. And it was ran by um, Muslims that were there. And so I went in there. uh, After I got saved, I had my King James Version Bible. Didn't really know how to read that. Uh And uh, I knew John 3.16, and that was it. So I walked in there. It was more like a good luck charm. And uh, I, it was glass that's in front of uh, this register. And so I knocked on that glass and I was like, hey, man, can I talk to you about Jesus? I did not think he would say yes. Uh-huh. And to my surprise, he said yes. Wow. And so um, I, I went to the back. People were coming in, buying things. And I began to share uh, the gospel in some way. And God protected me, you know, because some of the things I didn't have an answer for. I'm, I'm a uh-huh. baby in the faith. Um, but I just knew that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I knew that he was God, and so that's I just kept preaching that. There you go. And um, um, I, obviously, he didn't give his life to Christ, yeah. uh, but I got this hunger yeah. uh, to tell people about Jesus. Like I wanted people to know um, how Jesus just gives freedom, man. Yeah. He gives freedom, and um, I wanted people to realize that. Yeah, that's good, man. So what? So sixteen years old, you mm-hmm. give your life to Christ. You barely know anything about the Bible. You're like, I'm going to go preach this message to other people. Yeah. Um, when did you begin to know that God was calling you into ministry? When did that first begin, and what did that look like? So um, I went to college at Welch College uh, to play college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I wasn't really that good, but I uh, I played a little uh, bit. Not as good and as LeBron. So, right? Yeah, not as good as LeBron. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I, I went there, and um, I was playing there, and I started taking these Bible courses again, and so I felt God just tug it on my heart. And then my sophomore year, I uh, started to major in missions. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yes, I want to go reach people overseas, tell them about Jesus. Um, so I need to know more about my faith. Like, why do I believe what I believe? And yeah. so I began to start studying courses like that and um, preparing to be a missionary overseas, um, where God totally changed that, um, gripped my heart for not just people overseas, but people here in, in America, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's lost people, unchurched people everywhere. Yeah. And um, I, I began to realize that once I graduated college. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So you're so you're married right now, right? Your wife, Megan. Mm-hmm. So right now, just point, right now. Yeah, just <laughs> hopefully it'll continue. But uh, so, so at some point in, 
um, from you know you coming here to you know being called into ministry, you met her. Mm-hmm. So t- you know when did you first meet her, and then you know how did you know that she was the one that was going to join you in this this journey, this calling that God's placed yeah. on your life? So the one, one, uh-huh. one, one. Um, so I, my freshman year uh, of college is when I met her. I was introduced to her by uh, a basketball player on my team uh-huh. who was dating her uh, at the time. Yeah, you know, and so... Was um, it LeBron James? Yeah, it was, it was LeBron James. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I need to introduce you to my girlfriend. And so, um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely taking her, you know, because uh, anyway, so uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that's not really how it went down. Um, there, was, there was really no uh, attraction to her at that point. Uh-huh. And uh, my... Uh, so I left the... I met her at church. So introduced to her at church, and then I end up leaving that church to go to another church because all my buddies were going to another church. So I was like, I want to go to this church here, and then I went back there where they had broken up, mm-hmm. and she sang on stage, and I was like, I am getting her number uh-huh. after this, uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, right after that, I was like, Hey, text me sometime, and she texts me, Hey, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Wow, three exclamation three. marks! Three, I knew it was real <laughs> when I got three, <laughs> and so um, and then after that, maybe like three months later, I said, I love you, and uh, <laughs> and and we were, I was ready to go, man. I was like, I want to. Uh, she's a great leader. She loves yeah. the Lord. She's on fire for Christ, yeah. and a great singer. She sings me to sleep, man. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, she's she's the one. That's how yeah. I knew. That's yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. Man. I mean, what? Uh, she's read through Leviticus, uh-huh. and I, when she read through that, I was like, oh yeah, definitely. You know, that's one of the hardest books in the Bible to go through and uh-huh. read. And she's like, yeah, I I read that best book of my life. She didn't say that, uh-huh. but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, she's she's faithful and she's in love with the Lord. And yeah. we have a daughter um, by the name of Lily, uh-huh. and uh, Lily James is uh, her middle name. Um, that's Megan's my wife' father's name. His name is James. Yeah. And she said, uh, no matter if we're having a boy or a girl, the middle name's going to be James. Okay, and so, yeah. obviously, Megan wears the pants in this relationship. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and so Lily's awesome. She's in gymnastics at Paragon, yeah. and uh, she's she's great. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. So, so you're married now. Um, God's calling you to ministry. Um, you got three exclamation points, um, <laughs> and then you marry this girl. You guys have a kid, and then, and then at some point, God says, "Look, come to Fredericksburg, Virginia, mm. and this is where you're going to do ministry." Like what? Like out of all the places in the country, maybe even the world, why Fredericksburg? Why did Why did you end up coming here? Yeah, we were actually um, so the overseas thing. We we actually did go overseas. We went to Hawaii, if you could say that's overseas, and um, we went to help someone start a church there. Yeah, and so um, we we've always been in love with with church planting, telling people about Jesus. And so when we were in Hawaii, um, I was an associate church planter. And God started moving my heart to say, like, man, you could be a you could be a leader, you could be a lead church planner. Um, I want to start moving into that direction. Listen, I've never uh, I've never started a church before. I've only been involved in doing that. I had never preached uh, Sunday to Sunday, um, and in fact, I was nervous. Honestly, I still get nervous when I'm on yeah. stage preaching. Um, I'd never let communion, never done a funeral, never done a wedding. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, God, like, why would you even be calling me into something like this? You know, I'm. 
um, I'm one, I'm not worthy, and and two, I don't think I'm prepared for anything like that. And um, there's a church here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, called Heritage Free Will Baptist Church. And um, this church had maybe uh, maybe twenty, maybe fifteen to twenty members mm-hmm. um, there, and uh, they had been without a pastor for two years. Mm-hmm. And um, it tells you how faithful they are. And um, they're pushing through, but they reached out to our home church in Nashville, Tennessee, which is the church I met Megan, the church that Megan grew up in, um, the church that really uh, discipled me and groomed me. Um, and they reached out to them and and. Uh, that church in Nashville, which is called the Donaldson Fellowship, uh, took over uh, Heritage Free Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And so they start filling the pulpit every single Sunday. And um, um, we were praying about this in Hawaii, uh, giving to them uh, to the vision that they had for, for Heritage. And then, and then um, we started talking to them about it. And we we're like, you know what? We feel that God is calling us, yeah. calling us there. And so, um, I mean, we just got to learn that there are 300,000 people that were in Fredericksburg. It's an hour outside of D.C. Um, there were some statistics that came out that said there were 120,000 unchurched people that, that live in, in, in Fredericksburg. And so I'm like, wow, like that's a lot of people. But it, it was including like Stafford, Fredericksburg City, mm-hmm. and Spotsy, sure. yeah. right? And so, area, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, man, hour outside of D.C., like, and it's a commuter town. Like, we have the opportunity not only to uh, like make an impact on Fredericksburg, but we have the opportunity to make an impact on our nation's capital. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can make an impact on our nation's capital, we can make an impact on our nation and to the entire world. Yeah. And so um, that's our vision for the Bridge Church. We moved here with a with the vision to reach people, man, reach mm-hmm. diverse communities with the gospel yeah. and uh, continue to launch healthy churches. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that's why we're here. We're here to share the gospel. We're here to tell people about Jesus mm-hmm. and love in our community. And then what the, um, and you know, we, we've been talking now for, you know, a year and a half or so. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but but tell everyone what year was it that you came to the area? Yeah. So it was um 2009, the end of April 2019. Uh-huh. Um, and so when we first got here, we kept we wanted to keep everything the same, so we didn't change anything. Like mm-hmm. they had ministries that were going on, um, um, and and different things like that. But we just wanted to really get to know that church. Mm-hmm. And so um about. August, I want to say it was August, I don't really know the timeline too well, Um, but about August, I think we closed the doors of that church, changed the name, changed the mission, changed the vision, um, began to train them up to uh, show them what it looks like to share the gospel, to reach their community, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to welcome people inside the church, you know, like to what that looks like. And um, we end up selling our church and and launching, uh, relaunching out of a, a an elementary school, yeah. and so um, which is also very humbling, you know. And so um, yeah, so 2019 end of April, yeah, when we were here. So end of 2019, you know, you um, that 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 church is in that sense rebirthed. So you rebirth this church and begin to. Um, to reach out to all the unchurched people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have done you know lots of outreach, you know, yeah. trying to show the community you know that you love them, that you're for them, that Jesus is for them too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you build a brand new team. Yeah. Um, you grow the members that were at this church that you're rebirthing now. You build a brand new team, um, and people are 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 already giving their life to Christ. You haven't yeah. officially relaunched yet to the public, mm-hmm. and then you have your official launch day. Yeah, in March. Of 2020, mm-hmm. March 1st, then COVID hit. Yeah, <laughs> um, tell us, tell us what it was like for you to. I mean, you you uprooted your whole family, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. wife, your daughter Lily, 
um, your wife who sings you to sleep, mm-hmm. you uproot them, you move them to this area, <laughs> you guys are loving people, seeing God already do great things, yeah, then yeah. you officially launch, and then you have to shut down. Yeah. Tell us what it was like for you yeah. to experience that, but then also how have you led your church through this quarantine, just this unprecedented time mm-hmm. in, in the country and also in church world? Yeah. Well, when this first happened... Um, you know, like, take you back in August, we were, like, doing crazy things for the community because if anyone knows me, like, I care for people. Yeah. Like, I just want people to do well. Um, so we did a lot of outreach, service projects, not just because we were launching a church, but that's just our, that's our nature. Like, we, that's in our DNA is to, is to care for the community. And in fact, we have uh, budget meeting fights all the time. I'm like, no, let's drain all the money to the, to the community. <laughs> They're like, no, you can't do that. Uh-huh. Um, but so we, we built our team all the way right up to March 1st. We had 48 people just on our core team, mm-hmm. you know. So you, you go from um, that 20 and then like those people, half people leave and there's like 10 people. Like you're starting with a, the faithful 10 to, to start this church, do all these amazing, wonderful things uh, in the community. You build your team up to 48 people um, and, and then you launch your church and there's 227 people that yeah. walk into your doors. Yeah. And you're like, God, this is going to be the best year. Like just wait till Easter, you know, like, man, yeah. this is going to be amazing. We're going to grow. Um, not not that it has to do anything with numbers, but it just shows us like how we're impacting the community. Like yeah, how well, we're I mean, that's, that's important because, I mean, you know, for you guys out there who maybe don't study church world that much, like the average church in America averages about 80 or so people. So yeah. for you to launch with, you know, uh, about three times that number to begin <laughs> yeah, with yeah, is yeah. really incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, man, this is great, Lord. You're using us. And uh, we're, we're, we're just excited. We got all these plans lined up. We already bought banners ready for Easter. You know, we're just ready to go. Like, uh-huh. man, this is going to be great. And uh, two weeks down the road, we had to close the doors. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember thinking like, man, all that we did, mm-hmm. is that gone out the window, Lord? Mm-hmm. Like, you've promised your word uh, doesn't return void, but like... We can't get that money back, you know? And I remember him saying, like, I'm faithful, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. are you going to trust in me? Like, I want to continue to provide for you like I provided for you those eight months. Yeah. And um, your church has never been about a building anyway. Like, you got rid of your building to me into an elementary school to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your church has always been about the community. You didn't do that to launch the church. Yeah. Uh, and so what would halt you from doing things in the community during COVID-19? Yeah. And so, like, in our DNA, we've always been making intentional disciple makers. We've always been reaching diverse communities. We've always been out there in the public, letting people know that we care. Um, COVID is a real thing, you know, and we want to watch out for that because we care for people that that get sick. We love on people that get sick, um, but we didn't want fear to take over our lives. And so we continue to say, hey, church, care for your neighbors. Like, yeah. what does it look like for you to reach out to your neighbors, make sure they're doing well? I mean, we ran out of toilet paper, you know, like, uh-huh. and so like, do you got extra toilet paper to give, there you, you know? <laughs> or if you don't have any, go to your neighbors, see if they got toilet paper, uh-huh. you know? Yep. And so maybe God blesses you through a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so um, we just make sure that we stayed mission focused um, because that's just, that's what Jesus was about, you know? Um, he was about reaching the community no matter what the chaos was around him. Yeah. Um, no matter if if people were looking to kill him, he's like, I still got to reach these people, yeah. you know? And so um, that's the kind of uh, mentality that I placed into our church. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good because it's, I mean, it's been such a challenging season, but to help people 
be consistently reminded of, okay, what does the gospel call us to be? Mm -hmm. um, who did Jesus mirror us to be? Mm -hmm. And then also for you to keep leading people that way, such a powerful thing to do in this season. Yeah. Um, and so, but not only did you have to deal with, you know, COVID-19, mm -hmm. quarantine, things shutting down, uh, but, you know, we've seen this, this resurgence now, even racial tension in America. Yeah. And I know one of the values, part of the vision of the Bridge Church is to reach diverse communities, yeah. um, to build those around the gospel. So I mean, how, have you, how have you even um, led your church through that yeah. during this time? And then how do you think the, the gospel can help actually bring real unity yeah. and gospel communities? Um, so right away, when, when all this was going down, uh, I wanted to remind the church that that this is not a new thing, that racism always has existed, mm -hmm. right? Um, but but God does has, like when you read his word, he never shows favoritism. Mm -hmm. um, like he cares for all people, no matter what they look like, their race. A, a huge example of this is is probably the Samaritan woman. Sure. Like he, he says, like, I have to go this certain direction when he really doesn't have to go there. But he had a divine appointment with this Samaritan woman who's, um, who's probably racially profiled. Uh, she's a woman, which mm -hmm. women retreated uh, unjustly then. Uh, she had uh, sinned. Uh, like crazy sin yeah. all in her life and um, he didn't racially profile her he didn't um, um, hate her he loved her he cared for her to preach her the gospel and so in a lot of those cases I, I say man it doesn't it doesn't matter what what you look like mm -hmm. um, or, or what you've done in the past like let's not show favoritism the same way Jesus didn't show favoritism yeah. and care for people when they're hurting and so when all this racial tension was going on you know you had questions like um, are, are black people really profiled or are they really uh, look to be gunned down and things like that and um, uh, the key word that I kept coming to is like show empathy. Yeah. You know, show empathy and watch what you put on social media mm -hmm. um, because people are watching that. And if our mindset is to reach people, mm -hmm. like if, if our mission is to go out and share Jesus, then our mindset would be like, OK, how can I reach this person who is obviously broken mm -hmm. and feels like um, they are just at the bottom of the barrel? Like, like, how can I elevate them, love on them, care for them, show them empathy and then pour the gospel into them to let them know that, man, you may be racially profiled here, but I know a king that loves you that would never racially profile you. And so like um, it always came down to showing love, showing empathy, um, caring for the broken uh, the same way that, that Jesus cared for the broken and the lost. Yeah, that's good, man. I think that's so important for us to remember, you know, above, above everything, you know, we keep, okay, Jesus's kingdom perspective what he's called us to do. And man, if you have not read John chapter four, go read that today. <laughs> today. That story is so beautiful how Jesus, like you said, goes to the Samaritan woman that everyone else would have rejected because of the ethnic group that she was a part of. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I have to go to Samaria to show this girl like how much I, how, how, we, how I love her and what she's called to do. So yeah, powerful. That's so good, man. Yeah. I feel like you're preaching now. But <laughs> remember, we're just talking, so calm down a little hot. bit. It's getting hot. Calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, man, so much has happened. <laughs> so many unexpected things have happened to you. Um, but one of the things that, I mean, even just from you, us talking right now, and as we've talked before, it seems like it's been so clear every single step of the way, look, God has been in this. Mm -hmm. So what's maybe just one, maybe just a couple stories where you can, you can kind of sit back and say, wow, look what God did, um, either, either in me 
or even just around me as a result of what the what the bridge has done. You look back and say, man, I saw Jesus make a difference there. I saw him move there. What's maybe a couple of stories that you see have come out of since your time here? Yeah, well, I've, I've always, um, I've, I try to write down things of like how God has never left or forsaken. Like he, yeah. he has all these promises that he would never leave nor forsake you. And, and I always try to write them down like, Lord, how has that happened? Like, how have you shown your faithfulness? One, um, we're a brand new church, yeah. and and you think like you know you close the doors. 20, 227 people came that first Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, like Lord, we haven't even talked about like generosity and what giving looks like. How to keep things still alive, you know. And and um, we have our church has just been it's been crazy to me. Our church has been so faithful and giving their time and, and their talents and their treasure, mm-hmm. um, and and God has just been really providing through them. Like we haven't seen. Um, a really a, a dip in any of our giving, and I, and honestly, and there may be some. And I, this is not a knock to any other churches that are are losing their tithe and losing their giving and things like that. But I, one of the reasons I think that hasn't happened is because every time God gives to us, we give to the community, and so it's like He is providing for us to be able to give to people. And so we've seen God really move in a way where He's just. Just growing our church during um, uh, a season where people are going to church online, or people not even showing up any longer, or things are getting moved and changed. Like we haven't had to deal with any of those those things, but we've seen God very present and making sure that our church is is growing um, spiritually and also growing uh, uh, financially, which is really, really awesome. Uh, another another thing is. Um, before um, COVID happened and all these things, like I, um, I had never done a lot of things that pastors have done before, right? Mm-hmm. So like I've I've never even I think I did communion one time, which was at mm-hmm. the church, um, and I had never like I get to do my first um, wedding in a couple of weeks, like yeah. which is really really cool. Yeah. Uh, but I had never baptized anyone before, mm-hmm. and so um, it it still made me nervous. But like I, I saw God move when um, the first person, which was my neighbor. Um, she came downstairs. We had been talking for a while, invited them to our house. I was telling her about our church, uh, trying to get her to be a part of the launch team, uh-huh. and she wanted to know more about Christ, and it was, which was really, really cool. And um, uh, I asked for a broom, and so she brought it down, and we began talking more, and that day she gave her life to Christ. That's so good. And I'm like, wow, like like Jesus really just swept your sins away. Just uh-huh. now, you know? <laughs> Did you, you say know? that to yeah, me? Yeah, I should have. <laughs> and so, um, man, I got to, uh, like I've seen a lot of people come to Christ. I've gotten to lead a lot of people to Christ, but I've never baptized before. And yeah. so um, that was my first baptism. You can go and watch it on, on Facebook. I was super nervous, shaky. Uh-huh. It's not even about me or my day, but it's like, Lord, this is crazy. Like you're using me in a mighty way to be able to to connect people to Jesus that the people that might have um, not heard right things about you that might not have even heard you yeah. uh, in general. And and um, I've I see moving in my life, my family's life, and in the church's life yeah. uh, by watching people connect to Christ yeah. before even we launch a church. You yeah. know, we had two two baptisms um, before we launched a church. So yeah, uh, yeah, man, that's been crazy it's yeah been awesome that's good man well it's it's good to see just how how God's been making that making a difference um, both in you and through the ministry of the bridge to see people 
given their life to him even before you officially launch and even in this crazy season to see God still working in you um, and, and in your church all throughout the community to continue to reach people has been so powerful and so good. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to connect with you, um, find out more about the bridge, um, or even join you, um, is there a website they should go to or a Facebook page? Like, where can they find some more information about the ministry? Yeah, I'll just give you my number. It's uh, 540. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so you can go to our website, which is the bridge, uh, FXBG, which is Fredericksburg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, .org. So the bridge, FXBG.org. Uh, and uh, we, it's, you can email us on there. You can go to our Facebook page, the bridge, FXBG, um, Instagram, all the social media sites is under the bridge, FXBG. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Hey man, well, I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much like for taking the time and joining us for this fourth episode of What's the Difference? Man, I know um, your passion for people and your passion for God is inspiring to me as a leader and a pastor, and even just how you love your wife and your daughter is inspiring to me as a father and a husband as well. So man, thank you for the example that you've been setting and for letting the difference that Jesus made in you and through you shine so bright for other people to see. So man, thank you for joining us on this episode. Yeah. So I really appreciate you, and thank you for having me, and thank you for being an encouragement uh, to our church and to other churches. You know, um, it's really good to see that here in Fredericksburg. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, I want to thank you guys for joining us for episode four of What's the Difference? Again, be sure to hit that like or subscribe button or that little bell so you can get it when the next episode drops. In fact, the next episode, I'm so happy to have Gabby and Hudson Center on. They're going to PNG very soon. And so they're giving up good Wi-Fi, air conditioning, and American coffee to go do what Jesus has called them to do. So you won't want to miss the next episode. But thank you again for joining us for What's the Difference? Thank you for tuning in to What's the Difference? Click on subscribe to make sure you get the next episode with Pastor Andrew. Connect with us for more resources and information on how you can make a difference at mtarart.org. See you at the mouth.